whatever it takes I know I can make it through A Degrassi Podcast With Kelsey and Holland too I know I can make it through Hi and welcome to Whatever It Takes, a podcast about Degrassi the Next Generation. I'm Holland and today Kelsey unfortunately cannot join me but don't worry we have Allegra subbing in it, it's it'll be like a nice transition from the last episode because neither Kelsey and I were on that one at all but say hello Allegra I don't remember that I listened to the last episode and I could have sworn it was you and Kelsey I don't even remember the last time I was on like time stands still I feel like it's been a while I truly don't I actually don't remember the last time you were a proper guest on the podcast You've been on it since you moved here, though, right? I'm sure, but, like... Maybe? Have I been an improper guest at any time? <laughs> like... <laughs> um. Anyway, today we are talking about Season 11, Episodes 20 and 21, Extraordinary Machine. And, Allegra, will you please read us the Degrassi YouTube summary? Sure thing. Um, Eli's off his meds and is becoming increasingly erratic. As opening night of the play approaches, he fires Jack and arranges an interview with Claire that he sees as a date. Anya is feeling the pressure now that college is out of her future. Inviting Owen to a career fair with her and her mother doesn't go as she intended. Casey and Jenna met a couple instead of interested in adopting Ty, but Casey isn't comfortable with the adoption. This reads like a middle school or elementary school book report. Did the description say Jack? Instead of yes, says <laughs> <laughs> Jack. Even the even the description is confusing the two play characters. <laughs> oh, but it's such a subtle nod to real life. We don't need to read the second one. Are you sure? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what got into us on the last episode, and we read both parts of the video description. <laughs> it says Jack again. <laughs> I want to read it anyway. Anya decides that a career in the armed services may be for her, but her past might get in the way. Very recent past. (laughs) I think maybe it's our present might get in the way. It's opening night for Eli's play and he's still off his meds. In a desperate ploy to get Jack out of the way, he decides to frame him for pushing drugs. Don't forget to like and subscribe. (laughs) Okay, but can we talk about how we see one sort of scene from this play like the last Degrassi play although a fucking mess we see like we a lot saw of it. like one scene it was just a longer musical number I don't know I feel like we at least saw a couple glimpses of scenes yeah I feel like yeah the plays in the past we've seen more like Space Awakening saw a lot of that we saw a lot of the like I guess we did see a lot of the, like, rehearsal shit from this play, too, but... Yeah, but it was mostly Eli and Imogen just weirdly making out. Yeah, and Eli, like, living vicariously through the moment and pretending he was making out with Claire. He's a real stable guy. (laughs) Um, Anyway, the episode is called Extraordinary Machine, which is a 2005 song by Fiona Apple. It's kind of weird and quirky because it's a Fiona Apple song. That's all I really have to say about it. I've never, I'd never heard it before. I listened to it today. I didn't listen to it. 
Um, I don't really know what it has to do with this episode. Granted, I didn't listen to the lyrics of the song, but as far as Extraordinary Machine goes, I mean... I mean, I've never listened to this song, but if I were to blindly guess, um, just based on the title, is anyone being extraordinary? Eli's being extraordinarily manic. So he's being extra. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, well, if we shorten it to everyone being extra, then it's like... That's everybody. very true. Incredibly fitting. And it, uh, Eli's a... Um, sad machine <laughs> like he's an extra sad machine yeah sure whatever i don't really care um the episode starts with eli's dad dropping him off in his rad mustang i put that his car was cool too <laughs> i mean my first note was it's like an old school mustang my first note was ew in a claire episode but then the next one is damn bullfrog <laughs> bullfrog i couldn't remember what his radio name was i just kept calling him eli's dad i'm like i know he has a name i don't know i haven't watched the show in so long it seems like um and his dad is like Maybe, are you doing okay? Maybe you need to go to your therapist. And I was like, yes, please. Can we please solve this problem already? And anyway, and then he's like, oh, my morning pills, la, la, la. And his dad does not know that he is faking, taking his medication. And it's frightening. And his hair is super Lego right now. <laughs> he realized. cut it so short. We can go into fashion police, I guess. Also I only that, have though. a couple notes. I don't have a lot from part one because I forgot to take a lot of fashion notes, but I have a little bit more. Um, there's a scene where uh, Eli and Clara are at the dot, and Eli has a super short Lego hair, and he's wearing like a black weirdish almost turtleneck sweater or something. <laughs> and I said he looks like Luke from Return of the Jedi. <laughs> you know bull cut black outfit yeah um adoption mom has like a big old flowery shirt or a skirt when we first meet her eli wears eyeliner throughout the entire episode anya's anya's first scene her hair looked really good yeah like, she's usually has pretty good hair she does um, not look great after she does coke in the bathroom eli's play costume is like a big red blazer with like black cutouts in it it's a, a look super skinny black scarf yes oh my god fucking eli and his scarves he wears a black parade jacket again i know i say it every episode but again i feel compelled to mention it every episode imogen wears like a black shirt with skulls on it underneath oh, yeah. her polo polo Fiona wears a sparkly beret at one point, and that's all I got. Another thing is, like, just really in general, I I thought like Claire looked really good this episode. I think her makeup was is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Claire did look really good. Which just makes it even harder for Eli to get over her. Whatever. <laughs> so over it. Um, and then we're with Jenna and Casey after the theme song, and it's like, all right, we're they're really gonna go through with the adoption process, and the people are coming over soon. And Casey's being whiny, and it's like, I don't want to do this. But his mom was like, Hey, guess what? Jenna wants to do this. This is her choice, and also you guys aren't ready. And he's like, You never would have given me up. And he, she was like, Yeah, but like you probably shouldn't want your baby to have the life you get had because aka i did meth and like left you in a closet and went to jail 
Yeah, I put um, yay adoption. Um, yeah. And then like, oh, baby feet. They did a little close up of baby feet. It was so Their cute. Their baby is really cute. <laughs> but I also put like, so Jenna is like, okay, like. She's like, resi- she's people like are coming facing reality. Today. And then she leaves the room. Casey like picks up Tyson or something. And I'm like, this is the first time Casey's been alone with Tyson. Casey, like the whole entire episode until the very end. And also, like, the whole time Casey's ever been on the show, his whole thing is he always wants what he can't have. So now, as soon as, like, Jenna's like, we need to put him up for adoption. He needs a better life. Casey's like, I don't want to do that. I would never do that. But when before, he was like, I'm going to go work so I don't have to come take care of this baby. Yeah, it was like... I can't have Jenna because I'm with Claire. Okay, but I'm going to get Jenna. Oh, I can't be with Jenna because I broke up with her because she's pregnant. Oh, and I want Jenna again. Oh, I can't have Marisol because I'm dating Jenna. Okay, I want Marisol. Right. Yeah. He, it's the pit. He, that's, he's always been like, he's just so selfish and plays out in this entire episode. My big thing with Casey this whole episode that I think due to his, um, tragic and boring backstory um he's just he just doesn't like change like no one likes change change is really hard but i think at this point casey really is spiraling he did he was not ready to be a dad um and even when he sort of decided to step up he still like ran away from it the whole time right and now that because of his neglect and irresponsibility like the power is getting taken away from him. He's like, I don't want change. And it's like, you don't have that luxury. If you wanted this to work, you needed to put more effort into it. There exactly. are consequences for your actions. Speaking of consequences, um, Jenna then like whips out a suitcase because the last time they we saw them, he was like, well, if we give up Tyson, there's no need for you to live here anymore, blah, blah, blah. So she starts, she's like, I'm going to get a head start on packing. Like this adoption is happening and he's like I was mad when I said we should break up like like I didn't mean it and she's like but you were right like we need to break up like Tyson is getting put up for adoption we shouldn't be together anymore we're not good I'm packing like Jenna is so great in this entire episode which is a thing I never thought I would ever say but she is like made a good responsible decision and she feels confident in that decision and she like, ever since she's had this baby, she's stepped up so much, and she's grown up so much, and she's grown so much as a character, and I'm, like, on Team Jenna this entire episode. I'm just saying, it's incredibly telling how much Jenna has changed and Casey has, has not. not changed. That should yeah. show you who actually put effort into the baby. Exactly. Into trying to make the situation work. Because Casey just fucking coasted through the whole thing. Um, or was on autopilot rather. He he was just in complete denial of uh wanting to change his life. Or like, I, I want to be a kid. And it's like, yeah, you're 16. I understand having that desire. But like, you can't presume to be a father and like your carefree basketball bull cut boy life. Yeah. And have that as well. Like, you can't have both. No. Anyway, then we're with Eli uh, at play practice and he's changed like the ending of the play at the last minute to like a happy ending when it like when it's supposed to premiere the next day the next day <laughs> i'm like hold the fucking 
phone, all right? And Fiona's like, what the fuck is happening? There are too many changes. As a director, I do not agree with this. This We're premiering tomorrow. Also, as the director, you have final say. Exactly. Like, why the fuck would anyone listen to the playwright? Like, listen, playwright, your shit got handled as soon as you turned in a final script, all right? You have no more power from here on in. Bye-bye. Also, I'm shocked that Miss Dawes is like, this is what theater is. The show must go on. Eli changed it. Let's just go with it. It's like, Miss Dawes, what the fuck are you doing? I wrote this later in in that scene that comes later. It's just like, who in their goddamn right mind who has ever worked in production would think a script change the night before a premiere is a good idea? No, literally anyone would be like, are you fucking insane? We have our actors we have the lines memorized this is what we rehearsed we have the staging like like it like so many factors would have had to have changed and this is all it takes the director says no and guess what all of the actors are gonna listen to the director yeah it doesn't matter if eli hands everybody a new script they're gonna be like i'm not gonna fucking learn that also did they change the name of Jake's character? Didn't he used to be Fritz or yeah, whatever? Yeah, they sort of mentioned Did that. Did they explain that? With I guess Eli's, I missed that. With Eli's that new script later. change, he introduces new character, Jack, who's the real love interest for Clara. That's his whole thing. Right. The happy ending is that Clara should be happy instead of murdered. And <laughs> uh, she deserves to be with Jack and not Ari. And I was right. like, Ari? <laughs> you couldn't even be like Elias or Eric. Elijah. <laughs> like, you, like, this is clearly someone's well, like. He literally just changes like one to two letters. Let's clear exactly. And I'm like, Eli. Jack instead of Jake. Fritz instead of Fitz. Eli is not that close to Ari. Ari. is actually the farthest away from. So <laughs> I'm thinking that this is actually his dream name and all of his little emo boy fan fictions he yeah, writes about himself. He's like, you know what would be a much better name? Ari. So hot. Oh my God. Anyway, we're kind of jumping around, but. Yeah, our, our, uh, Anya gets taken to school by Coke Girl. Chloe. Same thing. Um, And she buys Coke off her. She like stayed at Chloe's house last night um, instead of going home because she's still on her bender. And Chloe said, oh, I thought like I haven't seen you with the beefcake lately because I see Owen. But I thought she said, I haven't seen you at the beefcake lately. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought it was the name of the club. I was like, it's called the beefcake. I mean, I guess it kind of works. But like, (laughs) and then I was like, oh, wait, no, she's talking about Owen. (laughs) Oh, my God. My only real note about the Coke girl scene is that, you know, for so like I know this is Degrassi and they're like two to four episode drug thing you know like people don't stay addicted to things very long in Degrassi but I'm like they make absolutely no effort to show that Anya's been doing a buttload of coke like she's still like her like her complexion's fine her like she's not tired like I want to see some red ass eyes some dark circles under her eyes they did a lot more with Craig yeah, I was just like, make her look like shit. She's been like partying every night. Yeah, but instead that's she's true. like, oh, I want to get Owen back, and I'm like, and I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah. So then after that, she like runs up to Owen on the steps, and um, and is like, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, why do you want this? Also, Owen, why are you why? And it's like whatever. They're back together. Sure. Uh, it's just so like, you have to be at rock fucking bottom to beg. 
Owen to take you back. And then he's like, what are you doing for lunch? And she's like, actually, I'm going to a career fair with my mom. Will you help me take this quiz that I have to do for it? I don't know. Whatever. And he's like, I don't want to fucking do that. And I'm like, same Owen. <laughs> Sounds boring He's like, sure. Um, and then we're with Eli. And this is when we learn about the character, Jack, who... Wait, but then he doesn't make, doesn't he make Jack the villain? I don't know, but like Jake is mad. And I'm like, this Jake is, is like, why this is are we the doing most this? emotion Jake has ever shown. Right. And Jake is like, you're crossing a line. This is obviously based on me. Stop messing with Claire's head. And then Eli like kind of lashes out. And I don't remember what he says, but he goes a little crazy. Oh my God. He's just like, well, you're driving around with Claire and your truck. She'll be thinking about my, and like. Penis? Is he gonna is he gonna say penis? I thought he was gonna say hearse. <laughs> He's dead. Yeah. Um, I know. What did he say? Be thinking about oh my play. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Eli's unstable. I must have written down Eli is unstable a million times. Yeah. And then Jake is like, You're losing it, you need some help. And I'm like, Yes, he does. And then he like fires Jake from the play. Which is like, okay, guess what? This plays tomorrow, by the way, no, yeah, he, again. He didn't fire Jake. Jake said, fuck this. I'm not going to be it anymore. And Eli's like, good. Sounds great. Yeah. And he's like immediately like, fuck. And he turns around and he sees Riley. And he's like, you want to be to play? And I'm just like, listen. Riley? That's his name, right? Yeah. He's not even a good actor on this show. How would he be a good actor for your play? Oh, not a good choice. Um, but then we're with Casey and Dave, and Casey's mad at Dave for, like, telling on him about Marisol. I'm like, mm. <laughs> no, my, <And> favorite, Dave- <laughs> my favorite is Dave comes in, and he's just like, why are you being mean to Jenna? And I'm just like, Dave and Jenna talk. Like, yeah. <laughs> Dave and Jenna are becoming good friends. <laughs> like, I love that way more. And Casey's like, well, thanks for telling her about Marisol. This is all your fault. <laughs> Dave's like, don't put this on exactly. me. Exactly. <laughs> And then this is when we learned that Jenna's going to move in with Allie, which I love. And I love that her parents are, like, open to that and to begin with. No, I'm sorry. Uh, it's, like, I'm totally on board with what – it's just Dave says, yeah, Allie and I convinced her parents because oh. of that <laughs> stupid, stupid plot about Dave being, like – Ellie, your parents need to know the real me. And then, like, we're fr- I'm friends with her parents now. Fuck that. <laughs> when you went on a huge rant about that in the last episode, I was I was with you a hundred percent. Right, Holland. right, right. Um, and yeah, and then and this is when I wrote like fucking Casey always wants what he can't have because I think here he's like I need to get her back. Like I don't want to do this. Blah 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 blah. And it's like, Casey, shut the fuck up. You don't know what you're talking about. He just wants everyone to cater to his needs without him needing to do anything. Yeah, totally. Um, And then we're with Owen and Anya, and he's helping her with that dumb career quiz thing. And then she's roping him into going to the career fair with her and her mom because she thinks it's going to, like, make her mom mad or distract her mom from how much of a mess Anya is. I Yeah, I read it as um, Anya only wants uh, Owen to hang out with her so that she looks better in comparison. Exactly. I'm just like, that's fucking savage. And it backfires. Yeah, because then 
she's like, by the way, mom, here's Owen. I'm dating him. La, la, la. See, like, I'm not the only one who doesn't know what they're going to do in their life. And Owen's, Owen's a like, fucking trash mess. Ha, 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 ha. And Owen's like, oh, no, I know what I want to do. Like, I've, like I want to go to school. I want to, like, play hockey in school. And then I want to get my coaching certificate and, like, maybe one day coach the national team. And Anya's like, what? Like, what? And she's like, I didn't get back together with you for you to impress my fucking mom. I got back <laughs> together with you so that I seem amazing in comparison. Right. Um, and, yeah, so then he, like, hits it off with her mom. And then, right, then we're about play practice and Riley is playing Jack now and he's not doing well because he's not great. But also, he has to learn an entire play in a fucking day. I don't understand how the fuck anyone... (laughs) Also, don't you have understudies for this reason? (laughs) No one would do this. (laughs) The script writer who would have been completely irrelevant after the first maybe week... Of this play in production? Because, like, here's a script. Okay, you have nothing else to do now. Goodbye. Like, right. no one would listen to this person. This person has no actual role in terms of the live performance. They would go, Fiona, we're going to do the fucking play we rehearsed for months, right? And she's like, yep, and no changes. That would be dumb. <laughs> but also, wouldn't they have understudies? Sometimes. It just really depends on how many people actually try out. I mean, our school did because theater uh, had a lot of kids in it, and you really tried to always give a kid a role there. Right. So who knows? Anyway, Fiona is awesome. And then Fiona's like, um, I don't think this play is going to be great. I don't think it's going to go well after all these changes. If only and- there was someone in a position of power who could make a definitive decision <laughs> on how a play is run. Is this when Miss Dawes is here? Because Eli, Eli talks yeah. about needing, like, a writer's catharsis, and that's why he has, like, changed the ending. And Fiona's like, I don't want to be responsible for a play that bombs. Like, this is going to be a fucking shit show. And Eli's like, I'm an artist. You wouldn't understand. And she's like, fuck you. And Imogen is like, yeah, I agree with him. And then like, get out of this, Imogen. I'm sure Fiona's like, who are you? Like, excuse me? And I think Fiona, like, walks out. And, like, Miss Dawes, like, agrees with Eli. And I'm just like, this is why fucking writers shouldn't be in charge. Did like, that happen at this point, though? I don't know. I think so. Because I'm, I wrote down Fiona is so insulted. And it's like, I think that was the scene where he's like, I'm a writer. And Miss Dawes is like, you know what? You're right. Let's completely disrupt the entire play so that you can have your catharsis. Yeah, it's stupid. And then after they leave, Imogen is like, uh, is noticing how unhinged Eli is. And she's she's trying to convince him to go back on his meds. And when Imogen, the fucking person who told him to go off them in the first place, is telling him to go back on them, you know shit has gotten bad. And then, but Eli is so manipulative of Imogen's feelings. Because yeah. he's just like... Uh, suggestive, suggestive flirting. And she's like, I will follow you to the ends of the world. Yeah. Oh, I also got really mad. I wrote a note because he's just like, because part of his reasoning to Miss Dawes as to why he decided to change the play, and he's just like, what if... What if Shakespeare got to go back and change the ending of Romeo and Juliet? And I'm like, fuck you. Like, like why would he? I'm like, listen, someone clearly did not pay attention in Miss Kwan's class. Right. <laughs> because in your three months of Romeo and Juliet study, you would have learned that the reason they die is integral to the point of the whole play. Yeah. 
stupid. It's stupid. Um, yeah, it's infuriating. And then we're with Casey, who bought Jenna flowers. And he's like, can we maybe unbreak up? And she's like, um, excuse me, no. Like, we aren't good together. If, like, and let's face it, without Ty, we should not be together. Like, we've discussed this. No, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> but I bought you a present. Uh, fucking too little too late, Casey. Um, and then... Eli comes into the newspaper room and wants Claire to do a last-minute article on Love Roulette because of the last-minute bullshit he's been pulling. And he... And then she's like, yeah, 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 fine. Like, I can't do it right now. And he's like, well, let's meet at the dot, like, later at 7. And she's like, okay, fine. And he's like, it's a date. And she's like, it's an interview. And he's like, that's when I send. And I was, like, super flirty with her. It's just... It's really scary. Um... I think it sort of harkens back to what Kelsey said in the last episode about like dangerous white men. Because, <laughs> white male violence. Yeah, because he's just like, he's putting so much pressure on her and she's like, she knows fucking Eli's whole deal where she's afraid to say no to him. Right. Because I'm sure Claire wants nothing to fuck to do with Eli, but he's just like coming in all manic, like, let's interview. You have to. And she's just like, all right, fine. Like, I'm just gonna go along so that like path hopefully. of least resistance. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we're with Anya and Owen who are playing pool at the pool hall place, and she's mad at Owen for making a good impression with her mom uh, because she is so insecure that the only reason she wanted to introduce him to her mom was so she would look better. And he's like, "Fuck that shit! What are you talking about?" Um. Although maybe that happens a little later. No, that's right here. Because um, I wrote, Anya's taking her insecurity out on Owen and stop making Owen sympathetic. <laughs> right. He does not deserve that. Because Anya's totally in the wrong. Let's, let's not forget when Owen was, Owen and Fitz were the ones who like threw Adam out of the bathroom that one time. We don't even know need to go far, that far back. Yeah. I mean, that's easily the worst thing he's ever done. Uh, and we shouldn't forget that. One of the worst. Oh, God. He's such a garbage person. He's terrible. But even lately when they've been trying to make him sympathetic, like when they broke like up. less terrible. He's like, I'm breaking up with you because you're on coke. Valid. But he's he like, you aren't who I thought you were. He's like, you're not the nice girl I thought you were. And I'm like, ew, don't put people on a pedestal, you yeah. giant creeper. No. Like, even when, like, he has those moments where you're like, oh, maybe he's... Like, he's being weirdly nice here. And then it's like, oh, no, he's still Owen. Like, maybe <laughs> he has the chance to not be the worst, but then he's still the worst in yeah, all of his actions. he's awful. Um, but then then we're, we jump back to Jenna and Casey's house and the adoptive, potential adoptive parents are there. And then we find out that it's probably going to be an open adoption and they're talking about how, like... They've, they're still, like, kind of wary because they know that sometimes, like, things happen and the parents want, like, end up taking the kid back during probation and they're kind of airing their concerns. And Jenna's like, no, I think we'd be really likely to have you as parents, la, la, la. And, oh, wait, but before that, Casey has, like, one last question and it is, what sports would you put him in? I'm like, that's your one question you're asking them. You care about what the fuck sports this kid is going to play? Not like, oh, like, 
Like, what kind of, like, where, what are your jobs? What kind of resources do you have? La, la, la. It's like, oh, no, what sports will you put him in? It's just, it just shows so much of how he has no idea what the fuck he's doing. Where he's like, oh, this baby, like, I, I, I fantasize about him being a little bit older and being into sports. And it's like, okay, but he's right in front of you right fucking now. Yeah. And, like, that's what... Like, thinking about the future is fine, but, like, you need to focus on what's best for him right now. Exactly. And I honestly didn't write anything for this scene, so I don't have And then the parents are like, oh, uh, well, we haven't really thought about that yet. We're not really sporty people. And Casey's like, oh. Um, deal breaker. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck so out like, of my house. And Jenna is like, oh, no we would. No son of mine. He's like, I'm not comfortable with this. I don't approve of this. And it's like, fucking Casey. Um, and then we're with Eli, who's, like, getting ready to go to the dot in his room, and is all is manically high, and his dad comes in and is worried. He's like, okay, the doctor always said to look out for, like, extreme emotions in either way, and Eli's like, I'm happy. What's wrong with being happy? And his dad is like, I guess I can't argue with that. And I'm like, no, bullfrog. Okay, so this scene sort of brings something to light that I thought was really weird. So... In the first scene with Eli, Bullfrog hands him his medication. And then in this scene, he hands him his medication. But, like, later, Eli's, like, carrying around his prescription. And I'm like, all right. If they trust Eli to take his meds, why is Bullfrog coming in with, like, here's your meds? Because, like, I feel like usually if if dad's in control of distributing the meds, then he would also be, like, lift up your tongue. Exactly. That's, like, 101. Because he's, like, he's suspicious but he's clearly not like i don't know what's really going on so i don't really want to push him like that comes later after like a real big red flag yeah but it's just like okay but then are these meds different than the one eli's carrying around like i don't know i I mean clearly they just want more scenes with bullfrog in them yeah (laughs) to establish like eli has a dad it's confusing yeah um and then we're back oh i think when we were with owen and anya she's like i'm going to the bathroom and then she comes back from the bathroom in the next scene and she's like i'm doing great now and owen is like oh my god did you just do coke in the bathroom and she's like yeah so what if i did and owen does not approve and he's like we were playing pool and i'm like i mean pool on coke's probably more fun (laughs) but it's just like someone she's she's like i'm gonna go to the bathroom and it's like listen i know the stereotype is that girls take forever in the bathroom but if he she was probably in there for like a suspicious amount of time (laughs) and so suspicious amount of time she hops up on the pool table and he like looks in her eyes and he's like yeah you're on drugs (laughs) (laughs) and then he bounces because he doesn't want to deal with her shit anymore and i'm just like listen Anyone who's, like, had to break up with someone because of a drug problem, it's, like, that huge thing of, some like, people feel guilty for leaving because they feel like, oh, but this person clearly needs my help. Right. And I'm, like, that's, like, a very nice, um, like, instinct to have. But, like, that's what gets taken advantage of. And so often I'm always just, like you like they have to you they have to worry about them and you have to worry about you please leave but in this case i'm like that doesn't even cross owen's mind <laughs> <It doesn't. laughs> i'm just like i don't know it's like i i wish more people would be able to make that choice but it doesn't he just like doesn't struggle with it he's like <laughs> bye coke bitch <laughs> i'm just like okay but she clearly has like troubles but all right 
I just, I don't know. I like, obviously I'm super biased against Owen, um, and won't apologize for it, but yeah, but it, that is very true. He does just, not worry about that in the slide. Like He's he, like, oh, bye. You need help? Not my problem. Bye. He, he put her on a pedestal. He aggressively went after her with, like, because he thought she was this ideal girl. Yeah. And now she's not fitting that image. And so instead of seeing her for who she is and trying to help her, he's just like, mm, bye. Yeah, it's gross on all sides. Um, My next line is Eli is super creepy. But then we are at the dot for the interview. And I feel... Like, Claire's, like, interviewing him. She brings up Imogen, and he gets real defensive. It's like, there's nothing going on between okay. us. Re- okay, first first off, they sit down, and she goes, all right, uh, so tell me about the play. And he goes, you're really beautiful. <laughs> right. And she's like, mm, stop. Yeah, she's like, this is an interview. Please stop doing it. And that. he's like, what? <laughs> I don't understand the problem. And I'm just like, you're the reason why men are trash. There, like, there are so many reasons why men are trash. Yeah. So Eli looks like Luke from Return of the Jedi, <laughs> then, um, but is also having, like, a breakdown because, then, like, Jake pops up and he's like, what is he doing here on our date? Yeah. And Claire's like, we're going to the movies after this interview. And then I think she asks about, like, what inspired the changes. And he's like, what inspires anything, really? Love and blood, which is creepy as hell. And he's just, like, lashing out now that Jake has appeared and it's getting really intense yeah it just like <laughs> eli is so all over the place he said just he keeps bouncing from each extremes because literally this episode begins with claire should be with jack or clara should be <laughs> with jack and i'm just like i'm i'm just really confused about what eli's motivations are and like maybe that's the point yeah um as like his later monologue shows but at this point i'm just like what the fuck do you want yeah it's i feel like it's gone past like what does he want and it's just he's just writing out his unstable emotions he's trying to fix his life by writing it like he feels like if he writes it down then he can control it to go that way yeah and it's not how it works bro also, you need to be on your medication. Um, but then we're with Anya, and she's throwing up in the bathroom, and Bianca walks in and is like, you look like roadkill. <laughs> I, um, I wrote, uh, Bianca walks into the bathroom, sees the back of Anya's head for three seconds, and goes, you look like shit. Like, fucking <laughs> savage. Um, and then Anya's like, bad batch of coach, coke, I guess. And Bianca's like, yeah, I heard Chloe does that. Which I'm like, what? I don't know. Bianca, this entire scene does not give a fuck. It looks like she walked into the bathroom, saw Anya, and was like, god damn it. I don't want to have to deal with her yeah. right now. And then uh, Anya's sitting on, just sits uh, on the floor of the bathroom, which is gross. That's not even the weirdest part about this bathroom. There's, <laughs> because, a, fucking there's a TV in the wall of the, the bathroom. bathroom. And I'm like, okay, so clearly the Degrassi writers wanted to deliver information that Anya's clearly having, like, problems with cocaine, with the cocaine, by puking it up. She wanted, she needed a sounding board person to talk about her feelings, and she also needed to discover the army. And they they felt this needed to happen in one scene. And so, as a result, we have weird TV in the bathroom showing Canadian Forces ads. Yeah, and then this is how she decides she wants to join the army 
from weird ass TV bathrooms that are showing like Canadian forces advertisements, which and is like, very confusing. Are they at the pool hall? Are they at the beefcake? Like, where are they? Where <laughs> they were still at the pool. Where there's this the most disgusting skeezy dive bar bathroom with a goddamn like Pee Wee's Playhouse TV installed in the wall. It's I don't. Super weird. Um, and then the last scene is Eli after so after Claire like left. Eli, like, called somebody and was like, meet me at my house. I need help. And then we are at Eli's house, and he had called Imogen over to practice the play slash live out his fantasies through rehearsals because they practice the play, and he, like, calls her Claire, and they, like, make out a bunch, and that's really creepy and weird. Yeah, there are two phrases I wrote over and over again, and it's, like, Eli is spiraling, and Imogen doesn't deserve this. Yeah. So, like, apparently... We're supposed to eventually like Imogen. Right. Um, fuck you, Sean. Um, and I was wondering. That was impressive. <laughs> he knows what he did. We have, we have a Twitter feud. Um, Sean P. Quigley, I'm calling you the fuck out. Oh, my God. Right here. I'm taking a stand on Holland's podcast. I'm a guest here. Um, but it's just like. Hey, he's I, a guest, too. Yeah, fucking fight me. Guest be guest. <laughs> We're going to box. Um, anyway. Celebrity so, deathmatch, but not really celebrities. Oh my god, Han, you're so behind on what the internet is doing right now. I'm so disappointed in you. Um, but what was my point? I was wondering if this was the episode in which we'd start seeing Imogen a little more sympathetically because she's being so manipulated by Eli. Yeah, she's not like because they're making out for the rehearsal, and then they sort of start making out for real, and she's like, "Oh my god, Eli, like." I've always wanted this. And he's like, me too, Clara. Clara. And Claire, whatever. And I don't know. She's just like, and she's like, you mean Clara, right? And and he goes along with it. And then he just kisses her like, don't worry about it. And it's just like, he's using her in the worst possible way. And I'm like, she doesn't fucking deserve this. But Mm -hmm. then she does some shit in part two where I'm just like. "Mm." Yeah. And then all, I feel like. This episode also kind of shows a little more of, like, just how, like, naive and young Imogen is and, like, doesn't actually really know what the fuck she's doing. Like, because earlier she's like, I thought you stopped taking your meds so you could, like, be creative and write the play. It's like, oh, she clearly doesn't actually have any idea, like, the consequences of him going off his meds because she's young and uninformed and thinks that it's just like they were just blocking his creativity so he was just gonna go off them and then when he was done writing it he'd just go back on them and everything would be fine it almost feels like they wrote her to be younger and then made her a junior yeah it's weird and it's it's kind of insulting (laughs) they're just like I don't know. But then part two opens up yeah, with Eli calling her m'lady. <laughs> ah, this is the second I'm time Eli has said m'lady. <laughs> and, oh yeah, we're at like play rehearsal. And Eli now has a plan to get Jake out of his way. I was like, Eli's gonna fucking murder Jake. <laughs> I was like, that is and Imogen as fuck. Imogen's like super concerned. I'm like, tell a teacher. Fucking Imogen. Um, and I said, Anya, queen of rash decisions. And then, yeah, then we're with Anya, and she's like, guess what, mom? I want to join the army. And her mom was like, what? Um, you know, this could, be, like, he, she's like, this could be dangerous. Like, you might get shipped off to Afghanistan or something. And Anya's like, yeah, could be. I don't know. I just want to do it. And it's like, Anya, you clearly have not thought this through. 
I don't know. I just want to date a doctor. Like, I don't know. I want to date Owen. I don't know. It's like, and then she's like, well, I already said in my application, so whatever. Like, I'm 18. You can't tell me what to do now. Oh, my God. It's crazy. Stop controlling my life, Mom. I'm 13. I'm basically an adult. Uh, but then we're back with Eli and Imogen, and this is when Eli has his plan of, like, planting drugs in Jake's locker, which is very Peter season six with the Sean. That was season six? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was season six. God, that seems so long ago. It, wa- it was, like, five seasons ago. I know, but it also seemed so far, like, into Degrassi's life because it's when I stopped watching. Well, season six is still six seasons in. <laughs> You're right on both of those things. Um, Why are we doing this? We're so old. <laughs> hey, man, I do this every week. <laughs> twice a week. Um, <laughs> oh, fuck. My, my, my notes are Eli is delusional. And then stop saying whack. Do we have a Dave and Casey episode? Yeah. Okay. But first, like, Eli tells Imogen his plan. And he's, like, shaking and, like, drops the drugs he's going. It's his own, like, prescription drugs. And Imogen is like, you're shaking. And is like finally kind of getting worried about him. And then she's like, here, give them to me and I'll help you do it. And I'm like, okay, so is she taking it away from him and is like really not going to do it and is going to tell a teacher or what? That's what I was fucking hoping. That's what I was hoping too. he says something. He says like Eli, like Imogen is like, what about us? Like, Eli's like, we're going to plant the drugs to get rid of Jake so I can be with Claire. But Imogen's like, That happens um, later, I think. No, right? No, because uh, she's like, but what about us? And he's just like, you can't be with someone if someone else is in the way. And that's when right, 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 she right, has right, that right. moment of realization of, like, oh, somebody's in the way. Okay, yeah. so here's the thing. I took that as a, oh, he's never going to really like me because he's still obsessed with Claire. I'm going to take the drugs and tell a teacher. But that's not what that's not what fucking, fucking happened. happened. So let's just cut to Casey and Dave. Dave thinks Casey is whack for not actually thinking of his child. Is my note. He see, keeps saying whack, and and then he also like ends it with, by the way, the Power Squad hates you, and like walks away. <laughs> Same. <laughs> and then my next note is Imogen. No, this is why we hate you. Um, oh, but their fight was because Casey is like, and I wanted him to do this. And K- Dave is like, you're stupid. But yeah, then we're with Imogen and Eli and we see Jake and Claire's lockers being like searched. And it turns out Imogen stuck the drugs in Claire's backpack instead of Jake's. And then she's Eli- like, now we can be together. Yeah. She's like, now someone's not in the way. And then Eli is like, what the fuck are you doing? That's not what it was supposed to happen. And then he says, you are to me what I am to Claire. And I am nothing to her. And then like storms away. I'm like, dude, you can't even reject her without bringing up Claire. Come <laughs> on. Are you're we a- surprised by this? I'm just like, you're a writer. You couldn't think of more clever ways to say you mean nothing to me. I mean, or maybe he did it deliberately to just twist in the knife. And this just Goes back to Kelsey's point last episode of fucking, like, girls who fall for bad boys. And they think, like, oh, he's so mysterious. And he's, like, dark and damaged. But, like, if I'm there for him. And it's like, no, bitch. He's damaged for his own goddamn reasons. And, you and like, you can't love. You can't just, like. Save somebody with your love. I love you, which means you should get better. And it's like, no, he needs therapy. professional help. Yeah. 
Um, and then we're with Casey and Jenna. And then it turns out Casey finally did something good for a change. And he called the agent to get the adoptive parents, like, back out, like, back to come and adopt the child. And he actually admits that he was being selfish. And I am honestly shocked that he admitted that he was wrong about something. But good for Casey. Like, we're adoptions back on. Thank fucking God. And I'm just like, doesn't the adoption process take, like, way longer than this? Like, hashtag maybe it's different. But don't, like, the prospective uh, parents have to, like, meet the children and the parents over a long period of time to, like, make sure that this is the baby they really want to be with? I mean, maybe that's what they're still... Because, like, if we think back to Juno, it wasn't one conversation with nice people. They, like, they had to keep meeting. I know I should... Maybe it's different if, like... The baby's already been born. I don't know. I just feel like this is just TV Yeah, stuff. it's like TV, like, we're getting the baby out of here. Yeah. Um, But then we are in the principal's office. We're with Mr. Simpson and Claire, and Claire's like, those aren't mine. I don't know how they got there. And Eli comes in to, like, bail her out, and is like, like, Claire was holding on to my medications. They were mine. La, la, la. And then Mr. Simpson's like, okay, fine. You're good to go. Like, and he's like, I mean, this is kind of weird, though. Like, maybe I should call your parents to check in. And Eli's like, I mean, they're going to be here tonight for the play. They're so proud of me for this play. And, like, kind of manipulates Mr. Simpson into not calling his parents until later. Um, Which is not a great idea, but whatever. Um, And then the army calls Anya to say that... She would have been a, like, perfect recruit, except she failed the drug test. Because guess what, Anya? You were literally just doing coke five seconds ago. You're so fucking stupid. Like, I'm sorry. You're like, you're gonna... You're going to join the army after being on a Coke binge? Did you think where they were like, all right, pee in this cup, no reason? Like, yeah, you, like, <laughs> went through all of the tests and, like... Put in your application and they were like, drug test. You wouldn't have paused and been like, hmm, maybe this isn't out of my system yet. (laughs) Oh, my God. Did you think, well, I didn't do it in the last hour, so it shall be fine. Like, bitch. Oh, Anya. So not not a lot going on up there. Um, Oh, the next scene is we are never, ever, ever. Yeah, getting back together. So we're at the play practice, and I didn't want to get copyright sued. <laughs> and Eli is trying to explain something, to explain the drug planting thing to Claire, and she's trying to tell him to take his meds. And then he's like, "I think I don't know." He's like, "I did it for us," and she's like, "We're never getting back together." And it's, and then we find out that image, and then she like leaves. And then we find that Imogen is, like, missing. And so now Fiona has to step in and take over for the Clara role. And everything is just a hot fucking mess. I'm glad you remembered um, what the scene was. Because all I, I all, literally all I wrote was, we are never, ever getting back together. And I was like, was that about Casey and Jenna? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but then I also wrote Fiona might be a good friend to Eli. Like I do like their friendship, but she should recognize instability. Yeah, she like doesn't know what's going on with him. She's just like, but the play, and I'm like, but your friend. Yeah. Um. But then we are with Anya, and her mom like comes up to her and is like, mm, "Where's your necklace, huh?" And then she's like, "I found that you had." She's basically like, "I found the cocaine," and she's like, "Do we need to send you to rehab?" 
And her mom is just so disappointed in her. So and then Anya's like, I didn't join the army. Like, I I can't, I can't join the army. I failed the test or whatever. And she's like, oh, God, because of the cocaine. And it's like, oh, my God. Okay, I felt like Anya took this confrontation way too well. Like, I feel like it would have been more realistic if, like, if you're, you're, you're spiraling, right? You feel like a failure. You didn't get into any college. You're, like, your self-esteem has taken a huge hit. All these guys, you keep... Whatever, like whatever, whatever. All these things are compounding in the point where like the only thing that gets you through the day is Coke and your mom, the one person you don't want to disappoint, right. confronts you about it. And she's just like, Ugh. I mean, uh, and I'm like, cry, bitch. Like this should be like the yeah. It Anya's, was not as cathartic as you would have thought it should have been. This should be Anya's like fucking breaking point where yeah. she like, like all of it finally catches up with her. She breaks down and she goes, "Mom, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, help me." Right. But instead, she's just like, "I mean," oh. and her mom's like, "Well, I guess we'll like it." It's like too fucking casual. It's super glossed over. Um, yeah. And then we get like a montage of Casey and Jenna saying goodbye to their child which is actually pretty sad I was gonna say this they did it really well because like no dialogue yeah and I think that was like a really there were some fucking bold ass creative directional choices <laughs> in this episode like they're like trying new like angles and different like sort of like I don't know they're playing with their camera work a whole lot they're making yeah. some strong choices and some of them <laughs> so, not all uh, not the last scene, but some of them work out. Like there was a really good shot in the bathroom and like this. It's just like they don't this is this wasn't something that needed words. Yeah, exactly. They're literally having their baby whom they love get taken away to like be into the better home. But like it's still but an it's emotional still, moment. If, yeah. If it weren't for the fact that Casey and Jenna's characters don't know how to hug, this would have been a really impactful <laughs> exactly. scene. I know. I was like, I wrote down, I'm like, oh, well, they say goodbye. This is actually like really sad. And then at the end of it, I was like, oh, they're awkward. <laughs> yeah, they don't look like they want to touch each other at all. And I'm just like, again, it would have made a lot of sense for these two to hug right now yeah. because even though they're not, like they like half hug and like jenna's like kind of like crying on him a little bit but it, they both look like they are like actively pulling as far away as they possibly can while still hugging it looks like they were aliens and like they're still like not they, actors hate each other still not getting the hang of hugging yet didn't want to hug it was weird yeah. anyway then we're at the play and eli is freezing on stage and then he kind of freaks out and goes way off script and has like a whole speech about how like you can't write your life and la la la. Also, meanwhile, he gets up and the lighting guy still is just doing his job and follows him on the stage. Oh my God. It's the most, <laughs> it's so funny because Eli basically, Eli and Fiona are in the last scene. He's supposed to be, Ari is supposed to be telling Clara to go with Jack. Right. And Eli's like, fuck this. Like, fuck this. Like he drops character he has this whole monologue about like your brain tricks you you think you can control your life you think you can do these things but you just can't nemo like he's having a breakdown on stage and burns the script he burns this and the principal's right fucking there and he's like did we approve this like i'm like you're the principal and there's something on fire like 
All right. Well, and then everyone thinks that's how it was supposed to go and like give him a standing ovation. And I'm like, this is not healthy. He should not be rewarded for this. He needs help. And Eli is clearly. And Eli feels that as well. So Eli essentially, like total props to um, that actor. Monroe Chambers. Old enough to fuck. Who has this intense moment where he's like, I am struggling with mental illness yeah. and I feel like I'm drowning. And everyone's like, yeah. Woo. So powerful. Like, Great. He feels like he finally just like got all of this off of his chest. Like he's finally asking for help. Because the whole episode he's like, no, it's fine. I just need to do this. It's fine. I need yeah. to do this. But he's just like, here is my cry for help. And everyone's like, good job. Yeah. Um, you're like, good writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we real quick go real, right back and Jenna's leaving. And she leaves and is going off to go live with Allie. And then Casey's all bummed out. And his mom was like, sometimes love's not enough. And I was like, Casey's mom is very wise. Um, but then... Back with Eli. I My next note is just in all caps. Oh, my God. Can we please help Eli? This was a real freak out. Stop clapping. Stop praising him on his, like, screen write, script writing. And then Eli, like, goes back to go on the stage by himself. And I'm like, and then Bullfrog follows him. And I'm like, yes, thank you. Fucking talk to your son about his mental health, please. Come through, Bullfrog. And he's like, you know, your mom and I have always, like, been kind of hands off and have let you do your own thing, but maybe like I maybe we need to start treating you more like a kid. I'm like, yes, please, let's parent him more. Um, your life, your should not depend on someone else's approval, right? Like this is gonna sound super random, but like years and years ago, I stumbled across across a Steve Green video. Oh, this was, wow. Random. I know, right? I don't ever, I'd never watched his channel and I just happened to come across this video where he was talking about like a past relationship he had and it was like really abusive and bad for him. And he's like, the sun should not rise and set on someone else's emotions. Like, you shouldn't be like, I can't be happy unless this person's happy. And if this person's sad, I have to be sad too. Like, that's not how you should live your life. Yeah. And that's how Eli's been living. He's like, I can't be happy unless I have Claire. Mm-hmm. And his dad is like, you need to love you. And Eli's like, I think I'm finally learning that. Yeah, because Eli finally says, like, I want to get better for me. And it's very it's like yes finally yay this episode has a lot of good parents in it yeah um but then we're with anya and she's like i don't want to give up on the army like you can do this they have this second chance thing you can do for rejected people and i really want to keep i really want to do it and her mom was like i mean all i want for you to do i just want you to be happy and like be good with what you're doing and i'm like pam is a gem (laughs) Pam. Um, and even though I'm still, like, thinking Anya hasn't thought about this decision long enough, but, like, she wants to do it. She's actually going to try to do it now instead of just do it on a whim, which I think will also probably be good for her. I think and make having, her feel like she earned it and, like, yeah, I think get having, her back on her feet. Having a plan will help her feel more secure. For sure. Um, and then we learn that Claire, like, wrote a good review for the play. And Jake is like, what did you think about it? And she's like, I don't think Eli's ever going to be finished writing the play or writing the ending to that play or something. Um, And then it ends with we're with Eli and his dad and we learn that they're going to like change things up. They're going to go 
they're going to do family therapy and try tweaking his meds. And he only has to take like a couple days off of school to like kind of get situated. And then if you want to take over and describe how the, the scene ends with him oh, walking down the hallway. Oh my God. First of all, I thought they were in a hospital at first, but they turned the corner and it's Degrassi. And I'm like, okay. So Maybe it's because the saturation like. No, yeah. So Eli <laughs> and Bullfrog are leaving Simpson's office. They say tweak the meds. And I wrote Hall of fucking Lou. Seriously. Eli turns a corner and like the camera is on his like front so we're face to face with Eli and as he walks the camera gets super focused on him and pretty much everything outside of Eli is super blurry out Except of focus. Except Claire is in the background. No right? here's the thing so as as Eli walks and as the camera focuses all the color basically drains from it's not black and white but it's yeah. super saturated color and so you can tell that this blurry form right here in the corner of the screen is Claire <laughs> but it's so blurry and distracting and it's just like I guess uh, we're supposed to understand that she and Eli made eye contact because he starts to smile and she's just staring at him, but she's super out of focus. And I'm like, I don't know what sort of emotions we're supposed to be feeling right now, but this is a bold choice. It's, it was a bold choice. It was interesting. And then the episode ends. Like Eli's smile makes it seem like end of breakfast club. There's, I still have a shot moment. I don't but, even, I wouldn't even interpret it that way. I kind of thought it was more more like I'm leaving this stuff in my past like I'm not gonna let Claire bother me anymore I'm just gonna shrug it away and smile and like remember what we did have and I'm gonna and I'm like on to like improving myself now. I sure fucking hope so that's what I hope it was supposed to mean I mean I just okay I feel like if I had watched a grassy even just at the age I was when it was coming out, like with it, with the Eclair shit, I probably would have been on board for Eclair. I probably would have been a diehard Eclair person. But oh, yeah. fucking 2018 eyes looking at this nonsense. I hate it. It's I just super unhealthy. Don't endorse it whatsoever. Um, and I'm just like, uh, I want it to be over now, but I know it's not. Yeah, I know it's not over. I know what happens. It's not over. I read, still isn't over. Uh, I wrote you every day for a year. You wrote me every day. It wasn't over. Anyway, I'm just recreating the notebook now. Um, Spirit Squad captain of the episode. Dave? <laughs> sure. I'm going to say Jenna. Yeah. Fucking Jenna for like stepping up and doing what's best for her son, even though it's hard, and for dealing with Casey's bullshit. That's true. That's true. Um throwback to when Jenna was like, I want to spend time with my friends. Dave, new guy. <laughs> Listen, so Jake is honestly the best. He's so and he's like so good at avoiding drama. And he's calmed claire the fuck down oh for like sure. like when she and jake first met she's just like the three months mean nothing to you and yeah. now she's like sure cool whatever don't like it's such a breath of fresh air and i just also get the feeling that hardcore claire shippers see him as like an obstacle the enemy and i'm like <laughs> guys he's the most like healthy person who's ever been on this show truly um and on that note do you have a ship of the episode <laughs> i friendship jenna and dave me too actually <laughs> weirdly i love i'm here for dave being like fuck you casey jenna's my girl you're whack 
I'm being wet. Also, You're the power wet. squad hates you now. <laughs> um, moral of the episode. Sometimes love isn't enough. Boom. I think Casey's mom said it. Um, and also, like, you need to, like, put, like, think, like, do better yourself for you and be motivated to, like, for your own reasons and not other people's reasons, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's like, and then that's, I think that works for Anya, that's too. That's really connected. Absolutely. It's, you can't love yourself, like, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you supposed <laughs> to love anybody else? Gonna get, gonna get an amen. Uh, because, <laughs> like, love isn't enough, isn't always enough, sort of, like, to the wrong, like, it can come off as, like, your love is garbage. Yeah. Like, that's not what it is. Like, no. you can fully and truly love someone, but if that's all there is, like, there's no trust, there's no communication, there's no loyalty, there's no, no respect, recip- like, yeah, respect yeah. reciprocation. Like, your, one, your love and even, like, maybe even their mutual love, like, that a relationship does not make. Right. Um, all right. Grapevine. So um, I know Allegra got tweeted at. <laughs> yeah, which is weird because, like we said, I don't even remember the last time I was on an episode. Right. Um, but Kirsten at Anxiety Posting tweeted at me, now that I have a Twitter again, I can express that I want Allegra to start a podcast and also be my best friend. And I'm like, I too want to start a podcast and be friends. But I'm also very lazy, so that's why yeah. I'm that's so why I'm a hermit and I just you live know, in my basement. Um, Allegra and her friend Cole have been trying to have been talking about starting a podcast for a We've long time. Been considering it. But they still haven't got it together, Trish. Yeah. So and one could say, like, you could have used an opportunity to be on this podcast together to like plug a new podcast that you could have had but you guys haven't done it yet <laughs> well the problem is we're both the kelsey of the group <laughs> as discussed previously if kelsey and sean tried to start a podcast it just wouldn't happen right well maybe, i'm coming for you sean maybe one day yeah um and i am just i'm not gonna do a lot of grapevine because i'm gonna wait for kelsey to do most of it but i'm just gonna give shout outs to two people who have tweeted at us like video things that they've made that we've retweeted and the first one is from my name is Kiely um at little lil miss hungry or lil underscore miss underscore hungry anyway we retweeted this and she it actually happened today sunday and she made a she put the dumbass dudes california song over the theme song to the OC and I'm like person it hurts my soul she tweeted us and she said so I made this don't hate me too much and I am insult I am like it hurts my soul but I recognize it as a funny joke um so shout out to her for doing that and then also I need to shout out Dev at VC Ronica Sawyer who Put the audio from when we had Mike and uh, I might have shouted you out already, but I don't remember when we had uh, Mike and Haley on and they made they had this whole joke about the family bag and she put that audio over like an edited version of the that episode, which we have also retweeted and I've watched it so many times. It's it's 
freaking hilarious and amazing. Um, especially the shot where <laughs> Haley goes, oh no. And then it like <laughs> zooms in on Allie's face. It's great. I love it. Um, so that's all the grapevine that I'm going to be doing today. Um, so if you would like to be featured on a future grapevine segment, you can tweet at us at DegrassiPod or on Instagram at DegrassiPod. You can email us at whateverittakespodcast at gmail.com or on Tumblr, whateverittakespodcast.tumblr.com. You can listen to us pretty much anywhere, but if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you could rate, review, and subscribe, that would be super cool. And if you leave us a review, Kelsey and I will make up a Degrassi-inspired fanfiction for you on the show. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Holmesdetacular. And you can follow me on Twitter at Allegra Baker, A-L-L-E-G-R-A Baker. That was like so quiet. Enunciate. Allegra Baker. It's spelled like the medicine. Baker. How dare you? You come into my home. You say that to my face, Holland, like the country. Hey, that's how I have to introduce myself to people. That sucks. Get out of my house. In a loud environment anyway. Um, anyway. Um, what are you going to recommend to the people today, Allegra? You bitch. You already know what you're going to recommend. Okay, you want me to go first? You go first. So I have a confession to make. I may have joined the army and by and not like, like Anya, Anya. <laughs> and by the army I don't mean the one like Anya I mean the BTS army we're going to, we're working on a BTS project at work and I have gone into a wormhole on YouTube and now I am like in and like I am in a BTS like wormhole and I don't really want to dig myself out of it because I'm fucking I love BTS now guys like this is my life I'm shocked I'm sure Allegra is shocked too because I made the fuck I made so much fun <laughs> for when she went through her k-pop phase in high school it's honestly not fair uh <laughs> my my boys my b-boys uh were shiny r.i.p jonghyun number one love in my heart oh so sad um i was really into them late high school but when my ass bought a poster or two <laughs> okay it wasn't God a poster forbid, i am allowed to like things i just want to point out that it wasn't a poster it was a wall scroll <laughs> no it fucking wasn't you definitely had a shiny wall scroll mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a gift. <laughs> I also, about that. Actually, I actually don't know if I made fun of you that much. I think it was maybe more gray. And dad. And dad. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, Allegra's into weird things. Oh, <laughs> I, like, wrote my God. It off. Yeah. It, I'm just. We know I'm the epitome of I can dish it, but I can't take it. We know this so about me. It's an older sibling thing. Fair. But I was anyway, just so ahead of my time. I wasn't appreciated in my house. But anyway, I like BTS now. Um, I could recommend a new song every week, but I won't do that. I really like Go Go. I always, obviously DNA and Mic Drop. They're like they're popular ones. I'm just gonna recommend fucking discover BTS. Watch their music videos because they're really good at dancing, and they're all so fucking beautiful. Listen, let me just so pretty. Let me just fucking say though hardcore k-pop fans are some of the worst people ever oh yeah no they're terrible so you know 
please like things um and also don't be an asshole holland hey man i apologize <laughs> to you <laughs> it's fine i'm not bitter um also yeah Tweet at me if you want to find out my ranking of favorite member to least favorite member of BTS. Wow, Holland, treating them like objects. That's what boy bands are for, Allegra. No, wow, I'm just hot take. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've been watching. I've The more I watch of them, the more I appreciate each and every member of BTS for who they are. Anyway. <laughs> okay, weirdo. I'm like, my this... this Fandom started off like half as a joke slash I'm researching this for work, but I'm just like, I'm leaning into it. I'm enjoying myself. I know it's going to burn fast. It's going to, it's a, it's not, this fandom isn't going to last forever. All right, I did stop this, backpedaling. I did this with One Direction as well, where I like, I went down like a wormhole of press interviews when they were first a thing and like listened to their music. And then like I backed off and was just like, they're fine. <laughs> and I'll probably do the same with BTS because I'm a 26-year-old woman who probably shouldn't be, like, obsessing over a boy band. Han, I have some news for you. You're a 26-year-old woman with a Degrassi podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That is very fair, which probably means that a lot of of the listeners know who BTS actually is. I don't know. You have fans in South Dakota, so it it could really be – it could go either way. That's true, but BTS is internationally famous. Shouts out to South Dakota listeners. <laughs> they have over 10 billion views. I also like have way too, know way too much information about them now that's just like stuck in my brain. I've talked about BTS for way too long. Do you know what you're going to be recommending? <laughs> yep. Um, so I love this podcast called Snap Judgment. Um, it's just storytelling. Real people tell real stories from their lives. It's different every episode. Um, I don't really know how to explain it. Glenn Washington, the host, is just amazing. Um, I've tweeted at him a couple times on who you like them. Ah. No, uh, <laughs> I just, uh, I, I didn't think I would be into just different stories every single week, but they're all, they're so well produced and they're about like really, really cool things. Like, um, sometimes they're just about like, oh, well, we love ghost stories here on the podcast. Let's throw some, yeah, there's some ghost stories. And then it's like, I was a prisoner of war for years. And it's like, or it's like, well, one time my grandma had a like antique piano. It's like, they're like really cool yeah. stories from like people all over the world and different times. And like, there was this one where this guy had lived in the woods for 20 years. There was this time like in Yosemite in the 70s, uh, a bunch of like a plane crashed and it was full of marijuana. And so all the hippies of Yosemite like lived large and the police didn't know how or why that happened. There's, Weird. Some, there's some really cool, good stuff. And like everyone who makes the stories and produces it do a really good job. That's awesome. Um. All right. Well, that is all that we have for you guys today. Thank you, as always, to Jay for our wonderful theme song. And thank all of you for listening. And thank you, Allegra, for filling in and being on the show today. No problem. Um, goodbye, Panthers. Bye, Panthers.